Faith and Fable, pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry. And today we are back in our misused passages, uh, formerly entitled Fixing Fables, might still be entitled that, we'll find out. But we asked you guys to submit to us titles, recommendations for what we should call this series. And surprisingly we actually got quite yeah, a like people do this and <laughs> yeah so people wrote in which is pretty cool and uh gave us some recommendations so we we have picked here's how we're going to do it we have picked three names that we like the best and what we're going to do is do a poll on facebook and so we want you to vote in on that poll and whoever wins wins but we polled we're going to do fixing fables as one of them and then we have two other names and these come from two people who wrote in that we liked, and we liked these ones the most. Well, one one we liked it, but we tweaked it. Tweaked it, yeah. So, so who is that? That was Rachel Dixon Beers. I guess I'm pronouncing that correct. Yeah. Quick contextual cur- cures, and we changed it to contextual cures, right? Yeah. So we like that. So that's going to be an option. So fixing but, but, fables. But she had other ones. She did. That we yeah disregarded like proper passages promptly we didn't like that one bouts of biblical backing (laughs) (laughs) see we did the fixing fables with the with the alliteration so so now i'm stuck in alliteration but that's right um commonly confused context but she had quick contextual cures and we like that but we simplified it to contextual cures yeah so that's choice one so so she gets a mug just by virtue of the fact that we're, we're nice. Yeah. So she, she's included in our polls. She's going to get a mug. So we need you to s- send us your address if you want a mug, please. Yes. Rachel. Uh, not yeah. everyone. <laughs> yes. And then another one, Chris Thompson um, from the Reformed Pipe and Cigar Lounge. Uh, he gave one that I liked, Correction by Context. That was a good one. That's clean. Yeah. So, so he's also going to be on the poll. And so Chris... Send us your address, send us a message on Facebook, and you also are going to get a mug. So we're going to put this out on a poll, and so we need you, listeners, to vote on what you want this series to be titled. Mind you, we have no idea how to do a poll. So That's where uh, Lena comes in. Yeah. So Lena, <laughs> that's your job. Yeah. So that's it. So Well, yeah, but we got other people. We have Rebecca Gilbert. She threw in some that we rejected, but foibled faith, babbled Bible. <laughs> I like that one. Confused canon. Erroneous revelation. Screwed up scriptures. <laughs> Let's see. Anybody else? We had some other ones. Yeah. But we rejected them. You've been rejected. Yeah. Sorry, Rebecca. Well, she's probably got a mug anyway. She got a mug? I don't know. Her husband. You know what? Her husband's on staff here. I, I feel like that's a c- conflict. But she'll probably come up with a real good rational reason why it's not a con- conflict. It's like my wife didn't bother to enter into this because. Does your wife even listen to this? Yeah, she does it uh, while 
she does makeup or something like that. I think that. Lydia listened to episode one and two and was done. Oh, done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of freaky. I'll come upstairs and all of a sudden I'll hear my voice. I'm like, what? And it turns out she's listening to uh, the podcast, which is like, oh, cool. I walked into people's house a few times and heard my voice. Does that either, pr- does, either on this or a sermon plane. Do you not like your voice when you hear it? I can't stand my voice. Yeah, me neither. I think that's a normal human thing. See, what's bad is I really like your voice. I think you've got a great voice. The smooth. Mellow tones, tones of Matthew Miller. Coming to you live from the bunker <laughs> of an unknown location. Yeah, Anyhow, that everyone actually knows. So yes. anyway, okay. So. This is enough banter. We're known for not doing banter, so we're, we try to honor that. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, let me get my uh, script here. So we're doing another possible... Fixing fable, confuse context, or correct correction in context. Yeah. So, so next time we're going to do um, that one from Matthew eighteen, right? Yeah, where two or three are gathered. Yeah, that's the classic one. I just wish, yeah, I just wish I would for once hear somebody when they do use it publicly, use it rightly. It, I know a lot of people know it's correct context, but you never hear it publicly used, probably because it doesn't. I mean, who's just going to throw out a thing about church discipline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, where two or three are gathered, there it is. Yeah, yeah. that's probably a valid reason. Anyhow, so what are we doing today? So today we're going to do, uh, I guess it's an interesting one. It, maybe it's one that most people don't we're really know. selling this. <laughs> I thought these were supposed to be short. Okay, uh, so we're going to do John chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Uh, so let me just read it, and then we'll jump in. So... This says, John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth realized through Jesus Christ. So this is a pretty famous one. I think it's a beloved one by many, uh, specifically verse 16 uh, sometimes you'll just see people throw out, you know, grace upon grace. Um, it'll be painted on a wall, stitched into a pillow. You know, when something good happens in a person's life, you know, they'll experience the kindness of the Lord maybe. And they'll include this verse on social media. Like I've seen that. They, they tell a story about something good that happened and they'll just say, you know, grace upon grace. And usually it's the idea that in their mind that grace is overflowing. It's It's washing over the Christian like tidal waves. Grace is being showered down from heaven upon the Christian. And so while in one sense we can affirm that that is true, that is not really at all what this verse means. So in order to understand it, we have to do a little bit of grammar, and it all hinges on the meaning of this preposition here that's often translated as upon uh, in the phrase grace upon grace. It's the preposition ante. Now we would, an American would pronounce it ante. Like anti antichrist or yeah sure yeah usually against or opposed right. to yeah so it's it, in the Greek it's the preposition anti uh, and so the question is what does that preposition mean um, because when you determine the function of the preposition it's going to now determine the meaning of this phrase of course grace upon grace so with that we're going to give you the various ways you could understand it so the first possible meaning would mean that it, uh, auntie means corresponds to. So in the case of the verse, it would mean something like the grace that a Christian receives corresponds to the grace of Christ. I hope I hope as we do this, it also help them appreciate how you go about 
addressing the biblical text because we just kind of read it and just assume. But so that's how it would read. Uh, the challenge with the interpretation, though, is that makes very little sense in the context. So um, <laughs> we don't have the time to develop and we don't think we need to. It's also a very rare use of the uh, preposition. And it's only used that way when it is combined with a verb to make a compound verb. And here it actually stands alone. So um, we're going to reject that one out of hand. But this is kind of what you do when you come this to is exegesis. A, yeah. And, you, yeah. and you, it's like, okay, it can be used in various ways. Here's one. Nope, that doesn't fit the context. Um, and so yeah. we're going to say that that's not the proper use of or understanding of the word. Right. The, yeah. In that the case, the context doesn't support auntie being used in that way though it's used that way in other passages, right. for example. So a second way that the preposition could be used is um, auntie could mean in return for. So this is the idea of exchange. This is how the preposition is often used in other places. So in this case, then, one grace is given in return for another. That's how you'd have to understand grace, auntie, grace. Uh, the problem here is that this would make the exchange a kind of quid pro quo, um, which is alien to the very idea of grace in the New Testament. Uh, you can't get grace for doing something, right? So so Augustine took this preposition. Augustine. Is that how you like to do it? Or Augustine. What did I say? Augustine. <laughs> uh, I know, he's okay. squirming. Um, so Augustine took this preposition, <laughs> and he got around that quid pro quo idea by saying that we live in the grace of faith, and then we'll exchange this grace of faith someday for the grace of immortality, which is eternal life. So, so he's saying this isn't a quid pro quo because the grace you're receiving right now is that idea of faith, and then someday that will turn into your eternal life. But my response, and many people's response, is that doesn't make the idea of quid pro quo go away. No, and, but, but at least he's working with, he's trying to exegete. Yes, which it's like good for you. Yeah. Uh, we're not we're not going to agree with you, but at least now we're if we were to be face to face with him, our debate would be in the text. We don't have to start calling them stupid. You know the kinds right. of ways that nowadays on Twitter and Facebook it immediately devolves into a, an attack on the person. Right? You know you're you're racist. You're this or that. It's like just deal with the text. Well, that's Trump's fault. <clears throat> Go ahead, third one. Okay, third one. <laughs> Auntie could mean also upon or in addition to. This, of course, is the idea of addition and is the way that many people understand the verse. Uh, it's the idea that grace comes to us like presents piling up under a Christmas tree. And so we get grace upon grace or more grace in addition to our present grace. It's this never-ending and overflowing grace. And so as the days come and go, new waves of grace just keep flowing upon the shore. Um, wow, that was very poetic. Um, the welcome. problem, though, is that this is almost never what the preposition auntie means. <laughs> it's, it preaches good, though. and, yeah. and the, uh, Which is why it's so fascinating that translators translate it with upon. Yes, you know what? There are certain passages, though, that peop the translators don't dare. Because the tradition is so... Yeah, people will actually solidified. burn that, that translation and say, yeah. uh, this is clearly wrong. So anyhow, yeah, if, if John wanted to communicate this idea, he would not have used auntie, but actually epi, uh, a different 
uh, preposition. And so because he uses auntie instead of epi, the idea of superabundance of grace coming upon the Christian is simply not what John is talking about in our thinking. Right. So fourth view then is that auntie means instead of or in the place of. And this is far and away the most common usage of the preposition. In other words, John is saying that grace has come to the Christian instead of grace. It's actually got strong soteriological or salvation issues when it gets used with regard to Christ's death. It's the word either huper or anti is used, and yeah. Christ died in our place, in the place over instead of. Yeah, huper would be that one, yeah. Um, so, so what John is saying then, if this is correct, is that grace has come to the Christian instead of grace. Now, that sounds strange, but it makes sense when you look at the surrounding verses. So this, there, there's a parallel taking place between verse 16 and verse 17. Further, verse 17 begins with the word for, which means that verse 17 then is giving the reason or explaining how grace has come to us instead, instead of, of grace. Right. So verse 17 says, for the, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth realized through Jesus Christ. So here we have a contrast between the law coming through Moses and then on the other hand, grace and truth coming through Jesus Christ. And so since verse 17 is connected here to verse 16 with that word for, you now understand that a parallel is actually what is taking place. In other words, the first grace in verse 16 is parallel to the law, which came through right. Moses in verse 17. And that, that, was, that was gracious. That was an act of grace. Absolutely. But the second grace um, is the idea of grace coming through Jesus Christ. So, so that, that there's a grace here that's parallel to the law and then replaced by this second grace of Jesus Christ, who is the embodiment of grace and truth, if you will. In other words, it's not grace upon grace, like presents piling up every day under a Christmas tree, but rather grace instead of, or in the place of grace, where Jesus Christ has now taken the place of that first grace, which was the law. Um, and that is by far the purest understanding of what the preposition auntie means. All right, so what's the takeaway? Uh, first, it helps us begin to shape then our perspective on the law. And that this actually is a really big point. Yes. We, we tend to look at the law as bad or evil, but that's not what John does. He looks upon it as grace. Um, Perhaps this makes sense why David then says over and over again that he delights in the law of God, uh, such as Psalm 1, um, or also Psalm 119, the whole of that is dealing with the law. Right. Uh, um, Israel and the Old Testament saints viewed the law as a, a work of grace. It was an incredible gift of God to his people. The nation corrupted that law and built all kinds of regulations around the law, turning it into legalism. But in the ancient days of the nation, it really was a pure delight and viewed as a profound grace. Yeah, they were the only ones who received God's law yeah. of all the nations. Paul actually brings that up in uh, second in second chapter of Romans. He's like, you know, what what value is there to be a a, a Jew? Or is it in chapter three? He, he says. Everything, because the Gentile had nothing. God didn't speak to him or anything else. The Jew had the law given to him. That was one of those acts of grace where God came and actually revealed his will to these people. Right. Yeah, so that's the first one. And then second, Jesus Christ, we should understand in light of this verse, has not replaced the law as much as he has fulfilled that law. So remember, this final use of auntie is not exchange or 
in a quid pro quo sense, but rather a replacement or a substitution, if you will. In other words, Jesus because um, becomes that law for us. He embodies the law in our place. So in one sense, while the law was grace, it could not save, we know that. Uh, rather, it revealed guilt and therefore condemned. So this second grace, which is Jesus Christ, he now becomes that law keeper and embodies all that the law demanded. And so if we're in Christ, that second grace, we are in perfect conformity to the law, that first grace. That's good. That's a good line. And so, yeah, so in, in this sense, then, we have received the fullness of grace, again, beginning to verse 16, for we have received the fullness of grace. Why? Because we are therefore perfectly keeping the law, but only because of Jesus Christ. We're in him who has done this for us. So in one sense, I guess we could say we're sorry that this verse does not mean what most people think it means. <laughs> but I would also say that the actual meaning when properly understood is far richer and therefore far better news. In Jesus Christ, again, we received permanent saving grace where the first grace, which was the giving of the law, could not save, but simply reveal and condemn. All right. So this is our second installment on this little short series we're doing, and we hope you like it. Make certain that once we get the poll posted, we're going to do it on Twitter, Facebook. Are we going to do it on Instagram? I don't if know. If there's a way. Yeah, we'll ask Lena. Yeah. Lena knows all things. Um, <laughs> she's rolling her eyes as she hears this. Yeah. Um, and then we're asking for your input and we will go from there. Make certain if you were one of the people we picked that you contact us so we can get it out to you. Lord bless. <laughs>